Good evening, Patriots, and it's Sunday, January 9th, and the world keeps turning and turning. It turns whether it's flat, round, pancaked, donut-shaped, I don't really care. <laughs> the world is still turning. Last time I checked. And if it's not, we've got a problem anyway. Even though China apparently launched an artificial sun, that's a good idea. Burned like seven times hotter than a regular sun and it burned for like 17 minutes. Awesome. That's nothing could possibly go wrong with that. Just so I say that. So whatever the shape of the earth is, whatever the time it is, it's still supposed to be turning. And I think we're all in the same place together, though. Maybe not. Maybe like we're talking from different planets and we're all bridged by, by the internet and we've lost our memory. We don't really know where we are (laughs) anymore. I'm going to be honest with you. I would not be surprised at anything. They'd be like, did you realize that you've been living in a pod this entire time and you're connected to the matrix? But it's not really the matrix. It's actually inside of a toilet bowl. I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's possible. No, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any doubt about it. What else are you going to tell me today? You're going to surprise me with something? Because that's not surprising me. I'll tell you. Hey, before we get started tonight, mypillow.com forward slash bards, mypillow.com forward slash bards. That is the landing page for Bards Nation with all sorts of great featured savings that you'll find incredible things like buy one, get one free Giza sheets, 75% off on the classic My Pillow, 40% off on My Slippers, and even the six-piece towel set for $39.99. Also, don't forget those doggy beds. They're awesome. They're on sale. All sorts of great products on the My Pillow site. Hundreds of products, in fact. The Bards landing page features some of those great specials. You can use your Bards promo code B-A-R-D-S anywhere on the MyPillow site, on the Frank Speech site, or on the My Store site. And, of course, MyPillow is probably one of the great companies of our time with CEO Mike Lindell, who's a patriot, fights for liberty with million, literally has spent tens of millions of dollars fighting for liberty and truly has Christ in his heart. So jump on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S, for some great savings and the support of a fantastic company. TheFoundersBible.com, TheFoundersBible.com. That is the home of what I consider to be the Bible for our time. It is an NASB 1995 edition with our founders' documents worked in throughout the scripture. It's an amazing lesson in God's word and the history of our nation. You can get 20% off on that Bible by using your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, B-A-R-D-S, in the coupon section at checkout. They are an, they're a fantastic Bible. It's literally something of a heritage Bible you want in your family, and it's built that way, even with the tradition of having a place in the front to write down marriages and notes about the family. It's beautifully constructed. It is a beautiful publication. I literally gave out about 20 of them for Christmas this year. And I've, it's been one of the best gifts I've ever given, and everybody that's received it has loved it. So check it out, thefoundersbible.com. You should promo code BARS for 20% off. Also, and finally, Expedition, X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com is the BARS-branded coffee, the coffee for our time. This is a coffee engineered to be giving your body more energy, your mind more focus, and to elevate up your overall serotonin levels to be stronger in this fight. It is also the foundation of a whole health ecosystem designed to reclaim our health sovereignty, which includes the coffee, Expedition Coffee, the Gut Health Triad, which is a collection of three products to help heal and seal your gut to reduce leaky gut syndrome, make you overall healthy and stronger, 
You have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. You have Pure 47, which is one of the most refined silver nano extracts currently on the market that can isolate pathogens, including the full complement of the SARS-CoV nonsense that's floating around our world. And you have Earth, which is a full supplement nutrient product. One scoop a day is all that your body needs and it builds a complete health ecosystem to give back your body health sovereignty and reclaim the strength of your immune system. Fantastic series of products. Check it out. X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com. Well, you know, we are, I don't think anyone will doubt that we are probably in like uber crazyville. They're gearing up right now. Oh, before I forget, um, Brighteon Radio, Brighteon Radio launches tomorrow, January 10th. And Mike Adams reached out to me, so I don't know when it's going to start, but in the very near future, the Bards FM show is going to be parallel casting on Brighteon Radio as well. So this is really cool. Very excited about that. And the kind of the, some of the lineups t- to start with on Brighteon Radio are uh, Brandon House, Wayne Allen Root, Jim White, Dr. Eric Naputi, and Robert Scott Bell. And, of course, it should say, and Scott Kesterson of Bards Nation, Bards FM. But it doesn't say that yet, but it will. Don't worry. So that's going to be pretty awesome because we're going to expand the family of Bards Nation. And that's super cool. That's good news. So anyway, I was going to read you a headline, which is, <laughs> this. how do you hide a coming planned famine of the world and get everybody angry that it's the anti-vaxxers' fault? I, and I realize that makes no logical sense, but we're dealing with an era of stupidity has become the basis of standard gaugement of human psych. So here it is. Omicron spread means more food shortages at grocery stores. Yeah, you heard that. Omicron spread means more food shortages at the grocery store. So this is the the variant that they can't possibly control because it's going so insanely wild across the nation that's having zero effect on people, but it's still somehow affecting um, the shortages of food. The highly contagious Omicron coronavirus variant is disrupting already stressed food supply chains, sickening so many workers that more shortages at grocery stores are all but certain. I'm going to translate that to real language. The effect of the COVID vaccine has been disrupting already stressed food supply chains caused by delinquency and intentional hoarding of goods purchased by Bill Gates and others to suppress food access by people and engineer a global food shortage and a collapse of the economy, which then is resulting in more shortages at the stores since the labor force that would usually manage the supply chain and the food handling at the stores, that labor is currently dead from the vax. Something like that. I think that's probably more appropriate. And that's literally where we are at right now, in a world where people continue to follow the nonsense. Now, the nonsense hasn't gotten any better, as I think we all know. It has gotten only worse in this last bit of time. 
and there's really nothing to say other than wow. I I, I would oh by the way, uh, AOC is sick. I'm sure you're all broken hearted about that. I was. I just couldn't believe it. Quadruple vaxxed AOC is now contracting coronavirus. Huh? It's so sad. I don't. Anyway, but here's here's an an interesting quote, and this comes from Brzezinski in 1972. He was. I don't remember if he was part of Nixon's administration at that point or if he was um, he was eventually, I believe, part of Carter's administration. But this is literally where we are. And this says this shortly, he says, the Portland, the public will be unable to reason or think for themselves. They'll only be able to parrot the information they've been given on the previous night's news. Well, there you go. I mean, that's literally about where we are and where the public, where a large percentage of the public is, is that they have become so dependent on the various news sources and the information that's channeled into their head that they really don't know what to do. So I want to read to you. We're going to read a little bit tonight out of Genesis 25. And I'm going to start with this, which is Genesis 25, nine, uh, 23. This has to do with the birth of Esau and Jacob. And this is what the Lord says. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger. Now, I read this and I'm going to completely and what I'm going to talk about this is quite a bit out of context of what this discussion is, because, but I think it has application, because I think we are literally at right now the metaphor of two nations. We are in a nation where we have those that are awakening and standing strong with God. They happen to be, many of them happen to be unvaxxed. However, in fairness to this not everyone is unvaxxed, and I think we have to be rather sensitive to that point. I think it's too easy at times um, for us to forget that. Now, I'm gonna, I want you to listen to something here because this kind of um, – what is said here, I don't have to agree with everything, but I think there's some good points being brought up, and this is from a uh, – this comes actually from the TikTok News Telegram channel. And I think it's worth hearing what this guy has to say. So listen to this. One of the biggest eye-openers for me throughout this entire pandemic was recognizing how bad people can treat each other. I find this to be most evident in the way that people that are injured from these vaccines are treated. It's like they're ostracized from all of society and nobody wants to hear what they have to say. They're deemed crazy and they're deemed conspiracy theorists. Doctors won't listen to them. Their family members won't listen to them. The people that rallied around them against anti-vaxxers won't even listen to them. Ironically, the only people that will listen to them are the same people that for the last two years you called crazy. But what does impress me is that for the most part, people don't use these opportunities as I told you so moments. Instead, we try to offer suggestions as to things you can take that might make you feel better and what you can do from this point on. We understand how strong brainwashing can be, and we forgive you. That last part is powerful. 
we understand how strong, how powerful brainwashing can be. And we forgive you. We have to forgive. I'm, I'm brutal on those that took the vax. I have no, I make no bones about it. However, I do not want that much of what my conversation is, is about those now that are on the fence or being pressured because if you take in the vax, there's no going back. We can't fix that. However, his comment is really well taken, and I'm taking it to heart because we have to keep our arms open to those that did take the vax and bring them back. If they're, if they're awakening there, we have a role to play in helping them return to God and, get, and repent and start healing themselves as best they can because we want them part of us. And that's why I say that it's a very important point that we remember, and this is why I'm going back to this whole point of Genesis 25, uh, 23, the birth of uh, Esau and Jacob, the two nations, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. We're actually the younger at this moment in time because those that have fallen trapped to the older have been encircling there. We are now rising up and they will ultimately have, they need to come back and serve through us to God. I don't mean that in a, in a uh, dismissive way, dismissive way, but it is a point that we are, we are now in the place to lead the many and we have to rise up to that occasion and we have to use this time really to lead forward and to show what the power of God and the graces, graces of God are. Now, as we read that, let's also go to then Genesis 25, 29, and listen to this passage. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of the red stew, for I am exhausted Therefore, his name was called Edom. Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went away. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Sadly, patriots, we're looking at a point when much of that has happened around us. We've seen our family members. We've seen our friends. We've seen people in our community literally sell their birthright for those very words, I'm about to die. I'm about to die from is the only thing that had to be filled in. And that from was a contrived fear of covid it was no different than Esau feeling hungry. These people were needing to be fed something that would make their fear go away. And what they were fed was a powerful narrative that basically told them that they were all about to die. And sadly, we have had every single leader, including the one we're supposed to trust, Trump, push the idea that this vax was important, you needed to take it. And whether it's mandated or not is irrelevant to me because when you get into accountability and propaganda, 
the in, the concept of influence operations is never about cause and effect by one specific thing that's said. It's about cause and effect by a deluge of information that persuades somebody to take an action. And that's the critical piece to grab here. We have to continue to stand strong and be very powerful in our voice. And it is an important voice to elevate because we have to get this voice out there and heard by as many people as we can. That means engaging people with truth, obviously engaging them with compassion, especially those that are on the fence. Because I will tell you, the one thing I've learned in war is that those that are that you work with are very usually imperfect. I have had more rice and eaten more rice and goat, and I'm not a fan of goat, by the way, with bad guys than you can count. I have also built some really amazing relationship with what we like term as bad guys. And many of these bad guys ended up being very critical in certain specific victories. These bad guys became very influential in their own circles. And my role was not to, dis- to make the judgment of bad guys. My role was to basically save lives at the village level and to make sure the, team, the teams were effective in what they were able to do to root out the worst of the bad guys. So you do things like you sit with Taliban and you have goat and rice and you sit with people that you might want to gag on when you really know what they did. But you do this because in the end of the day, there's something in there that you can stir, that you can get to move towards a certain point. And some of these bad guys aren't always bad guys, or they don't stay that way anyway. And then they become your biggest advocates. They become powerful change agents. And that's what's really important right there. I did an operation up in northern part of the northern part of the country in an area called Kunduz. And when I went in, no one, and I actually tell the story again tomorrow night. You'll hear it again. So um, you get to hear it twice because you'll hear it tomorrow night on the interview with David, with Dr. David Martin. But in sum, what I did is I went into a place that we hadn't been in for about two or three years. And I met with Mujahideen, old Mujahideen. I actually lived with the old Mujahideen for a year, for a week, not a year, a week. And I ended up having a shura, which is like a, we organized a shura, which is loosely like a town hall meeting with the Taliban that lived down in the valley. Now, here's why this is really interesting, because the Taliban that were coming to the meeting that sat right next to the Mujahideen leader and his clan, that Taliban had killed the Mujahideen's son. So needless to say, there was a little bit of tension But when we got to a place where there's communication and they're obviously they're not talking to each other, they were talking at me, telling me how much, you know, how they needed to have Americans out and how deceitful governments were and blah, blah, blah. I could go on the list. And I'm listening as you do. It's like, by the way, when you go to Vietnam, they're going to love you to death, but you're going to have to hear that they, they won the war. It's like one of those things. It's like, all right, cool. No problem. So the, the deal is that, what it came down to was a simple fact that the one of the big differences in this particular meeting was that they had never been told how 
democracy and voting works, how a process of representative government works would be a better statement. And once we worked through some of those, because that was a question I asked. I'm listening to them talk about corruption of government and how the government's doing this and that. And I finally just asked the question. I said, have, do you have any idea how representative government works? And what they tried to describe to me wasn't. I said, no, that's not the way it works. Do you understand this? And I, I explained to both the Mujahideen and I explained to the Taliban, do you understand that we actually want you in the political process. We want you involved in the political process, which we want you to stop is blowing people up and killing people because that's not helping anybody. And here's what the amazing thing is, is in that moment, they were able to have a communication with one another. Now keep in mind what I just said. The Taliban had killed the son of the Mujahideen leader. And what resulted out of that was a year of peace now, after I left, I have no control over it, and that's just one of those things. But for a year, there was peace in the area between those two factions, a peace they had not had for well over six or eight years. It's a very powerful thing when we get to truth, and that is literally two nations that are opposed to each other, and when we can be the upper hand in this, When we can be an upper hand in these fights and we can be the leader of the nations by following that righteous path that God puts upon our heart to be bigger than the pettiness of the problems, to be able to listen, that's the key, to listen. We can get to the core of things. The problem we have too often as, a, as humanity is we don't listen. We walk into something with an agenda on our head, something we want to say, and we don't listen to what the person's saying because we have something we want to say. Or even worse in this day and age, we're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, as we're supposed to be listening and we're screwing with our phone and we're screwing online and we're trying to do three things at once and no one's really listening. You know what the neat thing is about the, the shiras? When you walk in, shira is, a, is an assembly of elders, basically, Okay. And generally in Ashura, they, they put themselves in a big circle. And elders will sit on one end and the circle will be around and, and there's people are talking into the middle of the circle. Sometimes you'll see the Shuras where the elders will be in the front and then there's rows of people. But more commonly, a real Shura, they're in a big circle. When you enter into the Shura, people up in Afghanistan... Unlike, I can't believe I'm going to say this, unlike the United States, where it's illegal to walk around with weapons unless you're licensed, in Afghanistan, pretty much everybody carries weapons. Just thought I'd throw that one out there. Of course, they don't have an official 2A right, but they do have a guarantee in their constitution that every single family can have an AK-47 and two 30-round magazines. Thought I'd tell you that one, too, since they we start to pride ourselves about how powerful our 2A is. They already have it in their constitution of actually a type of weapon they can have, which is a fully automatic rifle. Just thought I'd throw that in. But anyway, so we, when they come in to a meeting, it is shoes come off because all these rugs are laid out on the, on the ground. Shoes come off. And the weapons are set aside so that when they come in, there's not, if you follow the rules of the Shira, and you're always going to hear somebody tell you about an example that it didn't happen this way, which is true. But when they follow the rules of the Shira, they leave all their weapons outside. There's no cell phones in a Shira. Nothing. 
Everybody is focused on listening and talking. Now, think about our own culture, how many times we can bring a group of people together and just have them leave their damn cell phones outside. How difficult is that? It's almost impossible anymore. And then try this one, because I know everyone's been here where you're like, um, before we start the meeting today, I would like everybody to put their phone on silent. And I will guarantee you, if you do that at the beginning of the meeting, some knucklehead is going to keep his phone on. He's going to forget. And you're going to be right in the middle of the meeting and you're going to hear this. Meh, meh, meh. And everyone's looking around like, who in the heck? And, and the person that has it is now embarrassed because they don't want to answer it because they don't want to identify themselves as being the idiot who didn't put their phone on silent. And so they're just going to sit there like nothing's happening. Not me. Not me. Until it just keeps going on. Of course, it, it'll probably stop. And then because the person didn't ring through, they're going to do it again. Meh. Man. So finally they pick it up. In the meantime, they've completely disrupted the meeting. Everybody's lost focus and all everything of the value of listening is gone. So we have become a mind scattered culture. I will tell you a simple fact of listening is one of the most powerful tools in the execution of war. When you're sitting with people and literally listen, it's powerful. I had a, uh, an elder that I was working with. We were trying to develop a peace treaty in the southern part of Afghanistan in a horrible place called Maywand, where a special forces team had been blown up. I had worked with that whole area down there with the team so that the team didn't get aborted, meaning that the special forces command was going to send them, uh, giving them an abort mission to leave. I worked with them so they could stay there and continue their mission. We had, it goes on for about a year. And so we finally get to a place where I have an elder that I'm working with, very influential. He's now in parliament, and I, I'm trying to get him to help us seal this peace deal. And he just unleashes on me one day. I have told you to do this, and I've told you to do that, and you've refused to do, and you don't listen. I said, oh, I listened to everything you said. The problem is you've never made a commitment to do it. So I, I made him write it down. And in Afghanistan, this is a big deal. And it's something to keep in mind. It's actually a big deal everywhere because people like to say stuff, but they don't like to be held accountable to it. So I told him, I said, I will work with you, but you are going to write this down on paper and I'm going to have it translated. You're going to put it in Pashtun and we're going to put it in Dari and then we're going to translate it to English. And then you're going to sign it with a witness. And those are really big things in Afghanistan because now you've committed your, your honor to this. Surprisingly, he did it. And here's the beautiful thing is once we did that and I was able to take that to the U.S. command and go, here it is. I worked with an amazing colonel in the southern part of Afghanistan, special forces colonel, Colonel Riga. And we made it happen. And once again, peace was in place for almost two years after I left based on this one simple document that we had signed. The critical part was listening. You have to listen to the details of what people want and what their expectations are to also be able to go back to them later and hold them accountable and then to move that forward. We're at a very, very critical time right now when we have to be able to listen. There, we are bombarded with idiocy. I don't mind saying it. There is so much in the news and so many people dropping junk on the web. Literally like the, the, the age of stupid has now taken control. When we're dealing with people, working in the digital space has 
in that in engagement directly has limitations. But when we're dealing with people direct, that is the most powerful change agent we can possibly do. And it literally comes down to what they value. When we go to Esau and selling his birthright to Jacob, when I read that, I see Jacob being a vulture because he's taking advantage of a situation. And this is very much, when I read this, this is very much like the doctor, the pharmacist. This is very much like the politician who's saying, take this shot, take this shot. And, and Esau represents the person that's like, oh, it's all right, I don't care anyway, I'm going to die. Right, you are, because you've been told you're going to die. And the person who's there that could grab you and save you is not. They're taking advantage of your weakness. They're taking advantage, taking absolutely advantage of that person's moment of despair. That's what's been happening across our board in every single place to have a check and balance where people could be advised on the best action has failed. The only place it hasn't failed are those who stood aside from the threats, stood true with their relationship in Christ to the Father, and stood strongly in their and holding on to our birthright, which now makes us an important change agent in all of this. Whether or not people have had the vax or not, we need them to reclaim the importance of their birthright. The process of that, if you've taken the vax, as I have said, what I truly believe is a process of repentance. I don't care whether you've repented before or not. Get on your knees, do it again, and do it religiously and dedicated-wise. This isn't something that's going to be a drive-through issue, like I'm going to go to church today, be done, sorry I took the vax all over. No way, because you've, you have defiled your temple, and that's not a small thing by any means. So our mission right now is to undo what Jacob stole. We have to encourage these people, work with them, bring in the scriptural examples that we can relate to them in such a way that they can start to understand the power of these moments and why God puts these stories within the Bible. I've said this very, very much, very, very often. We read the Bible in the end, the Bible reads us. And it's a profound statement that was given to me that I always go to because I am sure that when this was written, nobody was going to go like, well, okay, when we get up there, the birthright of Esau and Jacob, you're going to use that as an example of the people that took the COVID vaccine. No, but the wisdom and the greatness of the word of God within the scriptures allows us to see in there the wisdom that he's given us to learn and bring forward into this day. And that's the beauty. And if we are understanding the magnitude of what they've done, we are now able to use those lessons to speak to people and bring God into that conversation. It's such an important thing. And as we bring God into the conversation, it's like small mental bombs going off that'll shatter the control that they're under and hopefully break the hypnotic trance that they're living under. Unfortunately, people are... We have such an agnostic society as a whole that when you say things like Christ Jesus, they're like, oh, you're a Jesus freak. And I'm going to be like, yes, I am, but I care about you. That's why. Yes, I am. So I own that, but now that you throw that title at me and I'm telling you, I'll own it proudly. Now I'm going to ask you to please listen to me because I'm not going to waste my breath on somebody I don't care about and I don't love. And I happen to care about you and I happen to love you. And here's the deal. That love isn't about an intimate love and hug. 
That's about a love at the level that God gives me to appreciate you as God's child. So please listen to what I have to say. You gave away your birthright, and that pains me, and I don't think you understand the magnitude of what you did. So listen to what I'm going to tell you, and I know it's going to make you uncomfortable, but do me the service, please, of just listening. And as they push back, which they will, listen to what they say. Don't get defensive. Remember, when people come at you, they're, they're going to be flailing. When people are in struggle and pain, they flail. And they hit you hard. And they do this because there's no one else they can do it to. It doesn't mean you have to sit there and endure an abuse. But there's a point where there's a bit of abuse you have to take for them to vent to get to where they need to be. So it's kind of this weird balance. And it doesn't mean you have to constantly take it either. But we're talking about simple engagements to try to help people realize where they are. Because here's the thing. Once you take somebody, and this example, who's been vaxxed as an example, who realizes what's happened to them, they have essentially two paths ahead of them. One is a path of anger, which is also a path of vengeance. And that is not a path that's going to help anybody. The other is a path of advocacy to help others awaken and to return them to the foot of God. That's the path we can help everybody on. And let me tell you something. When you awaken somebody who's been violated and they touch the power of God and they understand what that means, this is an absolute nightmare for those in power because they will speak more boldly, more aggressively, more loudly than anybody else because in their mind, they've got nothing else to lose. They're like, whoa, are you serious? You did that to me? All right, I'm going to tell you what. And this is where our guidance comes in. It's like, listen, we don't have to go burn it down physically. We need to burn it down, burn down their system by helping others awaken. And that power, that absolute awakening that happens in them, is it shakes who they are and shakes the world. And this is ultimately why, in my opinion, you are hearing so much rhetoric around take the backs. They don't care about us. They do in a weird way, but they don't because they already know at this point they cannot convince us. So you'll notice like when things are asked, like, how come you're not putting more pressure on the unvaxxed? Well, uh, hand puppet Biden, uh, blah, 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 and the rhetoric continues. Here's the real answer. Because what they should be saying, if they were honest, if you heard their heart, it would be something like this. Because we know we can't touch them. We know that they have rooted themselves in a faith in God and don't even see themselves of this world. So there's no way we can get to them. But here's what we can do. We can continue our march to enslave and kill as many as possible who have already taken it by fanning the flames of fear, turning them to hate the other and making them realize that if they don't take the vax, there's no possible way that they're going to save humanity. The others we can't control. That's really what they're telling you every time they open their mouth. This elite is the most deceitful aspect in our world that you could possibly have of things that are supposedly biological and supposedly breathing air. I don't even give them the credit of being human anymore. And I don't care even if I sat down and God's one, they're, they're human. I'd be like, not by action, they're not. They've lost their soul a long time ago. So these people are, have an executed plan to try to destroy as much of humanity as possible. And what they're really emphasizing right now with all of their policies, with all of their extremes, are those that have taken the vax and who have literally sold their birthright. That's how they see it. 
And I'm like, okay, cool. But excuse me, watch this. We have God on our side. We have Christ in our heart and screw you all because we're going to go get as many of those people as we can and have them wake up to the fact that their birthright can be reclaimed if they come back to Christ Jesus and repent. And the rest of you that think that you can control them, we're going to prove you wrong. And when we end up with this, we're going to have this whole interesting batch of people. And guess what? A whole bunch of them may be vaxxed. And we're going to do everything we can to help save them. And maybe all we can do is save their souls. But you know what? That's enough. Because if we can save their souls and we can get them to repent and bring them back to God, what a glorious place it'll be because they can reclaim their place next to the throne. But you're not going to take that from as many people as we can prevent because we're going to fight like hell to keep it from happening. And we're going to lose some along the way. But you that are running your rhetoric and you that are running your mouth, drop dead because I have nothing more to say to you. We are going to go in and we're fighting a war and we're fighting a war for the mind and we're doing it with our love in Christ and we're going to wake them up and there's not too late to be saved. That's the fight. That's the fight. Now, we have, I have waged war on those taking the vax. You know that. And the thing is that we have to come to a realization now that damage is done. So now we look across the battlefield and we're like, okay, if you are still on that fence and you are still waffling, hear this. Don't take it. Find Christ. Get strength in Christ. You'll have no fear. Join us over here in Bard's Nation. We'll get you strong, period. Here's the other side. If you've taken the vax and you're like, well, I feel ostracized, you made a dumb choice. That's a given. And truth hurts, but it's true. But here's the other part of it. We are here as the light and the lamp on the hill to show you that there is a way back. And no, you may not get your whole health back, but I'll tell you what, we're going to pray for you and we're going to show you the way that you can come. If you're willing to take that rough walk that it's going to be to accept Christ in your heart and repent, you will be saved in the end. I believe that, but it's not going to be quick and it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be without a whole lot of looking in the mirror and having some pain, but that's part of growing up. That's that simple. And if there is a fight that has to fire within us, it's that fight right now. And it's not an easy one. I have had so many calls in the last week of people who have relatives, friends that are all suffering because they took the damn vax. So we can do a couple of things. We can choose to walk away and say, screw them. We can choose to mull around in pain and misery and say to Father, why, why, why? Or we can look at this right in the eyes and say, you know what? I don't know why. I don't care why. What I care about is it's you in the end will be saved. And I'm going to undo Jacob's theft of Esau's birthright. And so time to light it up. And we can do that. And all we have to do is show the power and the love that God gave us and walk as the younger who now of the two and the two nations divided become united because a few people, a remnant, had the courage to stand up and face it and go, we're done, not anymore. You see, the difference between this, when you hear people say this, and this is what really gets under my skin, See, vaxxed and unvaxxed can get along. We're all okay because we're just choosing not to. We're just choosing to have a choice. That's a stupid statement. 
because the vax is designed specifically to rot out your soul and ultimately to take your free will. Otherwise, they would just force everybody to take it. But they're not. Every single example you will find is threatening to give you the vax, but always the threat goes like this. If you don't take it, you're going to go into quarantine. Okay, what then? And if you don't obey after a certain amount of time, we'll keep your quarantine going for another period of time. Okay, still not going to take it. Well, then I, you're going to be taken away from your services. Okay, take me away from my services. Uh, you can't go to the movies. All right, no problem. You can't work. I'll find another job. You're, I won't make you, public jobs won't be yours to have. I'll do something underground. No big deal. Everything they can do, you can resist. But notice what they didn't say. If you don't take this vax, we're going to send a team into your house, tackle you, pin you down, and inject you with it. They're not doing that. Why? Why not? Why not just become a true totalitarian state? I'll tell you why. Because at the core of this vax is the principle of free will. They have to get you to agree to give up your free will to them for this vax because at the bottom of this vax, the most worst evil part of this vax is it's about stealing control of your soul, defiling the temple so that the temple becomes aligned with Satan. So any pastor that stands on his pulpits and suggests that this vax is something Christ will do, I hope you find a hot seat in hell and lay there for eternity. You deserve every bit of it because you're lying off of the, and it's not biblical. But our fight then is at that very core of understanding that everything they are doing is centered on free will. So we have to go over to that side that gave away their birthright, whether or not they realized they did. The fact is they didn't value their birthright enough to fight for it, but we did. And that's where we become the light and the lamp on the hill. We show them what salt of the earth really is like, and we guide them back. Look, I don't know what that looks like in the end because when you make a sin like that with God, there's always consequences. I have no idea what that is. But what I do know, because Christ has shown us, if they will repent and, re- and return to Christ and pray for forgiveness, and again, it's not a drive-by thing. This is like a whole series of lifestyle that changes, being humbled before God for the rest of your time on earth. That person now can find their way back but they also become one of the biggest voices in this fight because they will fight for the others to achieve the same thing. That's how we win this. That's how you use the enemy against itself and you do the enemy's tools against them and we destroy what they have and we plant a forest rather than building a pyramid. We need seeds in our forest and we need to bring as many of those trees back in our forest to give them freedom again to grow and grow lusciously in a huge forest that only God could grow and the rest can envy. That's where we are. So I think we've got a mission. It's a good one. I'll take it. Hope you will too. Time to fight for our fellow man in a beautiful way, using the word of God, offering the pathway to Christ and letting them understand that there is a way home, but they're going to have to work at it because nothing comes for free and nothing is easy. But it is salvageable for their soul. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we've come together. We thank you for all that you give and the blessings you provide for us, the strength you have given us in this time. And Lord, what we pray for tonight is that right, that power, that clarity for us to walk in that beautiful place of being the healers of nations, of being the voice of reason 
to literally take back in a metaphorical sense that which Jacob stole from Esau. Lord, we need to give help people find their birthright again, the importance of it, and get it back from them to give it back to you so that they have a pathway to you, pathway through Christ to you, Father. Whatever that takes, give us those opportunities, present them before us, guide us in the words, guide us in the actions, guide us in our compassion and our grace, guide us in our strength and that beauty of light that flows within us. We are just blessed to be in this time. And as we start to see so clearly what that is before us, we have such a powerful walk that you've given us, Lord, and we are so deeply humbled to have that opportunity to do so much good in this time. Guide us, protect us, heal us, keep us strong. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. This is it, man. We This is our fight. And if anybody in the remnant decides to take the vax, we literally are going to kick you in the butt. And then we'll offer you a way back, but it's going to hurt. So we have to hold the line. Literally hold the line. Because they want to try to collapse this line, and the longer we hold, the harder we hold, the more infuriated they get and the more enjoyable it gets to watch. You get to watch these people literally lose their mind, which is wonderful. And that, that very silent but very powerful stand of not bending freaks them out. They start to get more vocal about trying to convince you to do something. They try to tell you, try to make all sorts of threat. They bang the pans. They start to pass legislation. You're like, okay, whatever. Not hearing you. Don't care. Speak to the hand because I can't hear you. Never will. Don't care. Don't care what comes out of your diarrhea mouth. Not going to pay any attention because there's only one thing I'm worried about. I'm worried about all those people that you've damaged and we're going to fight for them until our last breath because they need to come home. And in that process, we're going to do everything we can as a community, as a fellowship of God's children to find those cures. Maybe they aren't here on this earth, but we'll try and we won't give up and we're not going to give up on them. And for those that don't want to listen, we'll pray for them. But I will tell you, as more and more of those that have taken the vax peel off and return back to that path with Christ, you're going to see the ranks start to collapse and what becomes a trickle eventually becomes a flood. And we then are doing our job as we should to occupy the land and expand the kingdom. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Right now, prayers for our mission, prayers for the clarity and opportunities that God could put before us to make this mission come true are most important. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And God has us here for a reason. It's part of, in my opinion, it is part of his plan for us to win, for him to win. Otherwise, why bother? Just send a meteor down and wipe us all out. But it's not what's happening. We have an active role in this fight. We have to reach to him, build that deep intimacy with him, build that un, unmeasurable trust in him. And with that, we have the clarity of where we're going. I'll see you tomorrow night for Bards FM. Tomorrow night, Dr. David Martin, a fantastic interview with Pastor 
Brad Cummings. All three of us tomorrow night, you'll enjoy it very much. It's a long interview, about an hour and 20 minutes. It's a great interview. It's an interview I'm going to tell you that you need to listen to carefully and in its entirety. There's a lot that's said, a lot that's presented. It's one of these interviews that as it sat with me, I'm even going, wow, there was a tremendous amount of material covered in a great way. I think you will be challenged and I think you will enjoy it very much. So again, see you tomorrow night for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.
mind We run away sometimes 